Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben and this is the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Hey family, today's Thursday and that means it's time to talk Q. This is episode 5 of season 2, Living the Dream. In this season, I'll be chatting with some of the most successful barbecue entrepreneurs out there about the different types of businesses you can get into and what it takes to be successful. Barbecue festivals, I love them. They are experiencing an unprecedented rise in Australia at the moment. The number of competitions has roughly doubled each year for the last three years to the point where you can go get your barbecue fix almost every weekend now. In this ripper of an episode, Bronnie from 4670 Barbecue and promoter of the Bundaberg Barbecue Battle pulls back the curtains and takes us behind the scenes of what goes on at a barbecue competition, letting us in on all the things that we don't normally get to know or see. Without further ado, get yourself a giant plate of poppers and your favourite cold drink and let's get into it. This is the Smoking Hot Confessions Podcast with barbecue pitmaster Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Local products don't get much more local than Ministry of Smoke's Smoking Woods. An Australian family-owned company specialising in native hardwoods as well as fruitwoods, Rod has never revealed his sources of his timber. But they do come from premium New South Wales and Queensland timber regions. I exclusively use Rod's products with Smoking Hot Confessions, and my favourites are his Ironbark and Applewood. And his Gigi Lump Charcoal is killer. Most exciting, Rod now produces his own range of pellets, including red wine, oak barrel, and iron bark. These can be used in pellet grills and in smoker boxes in other types of barbecues. They're also great in the uni pellet pizza ovens for a delicious combination of smoke and pizza. As an added bonus, all his pellets are sold in food grade pails, so they're great for commercial operations as they can be repurposed. You can reach out to Rod on Facebook. Just search for Ministry of Smoke and shoot him a message. Alrighty, thank you for joining me in the confessional today, Bronnie, for this super special episode about promoters. My first question, as always, is what was the last thing that you barbecued? Okay, well, uh, professionally, with 60 kilos of brisket on the weekend, but tonight I got spoiled and Paul cooked me beef cheeks. Oh, nice. How'd he do them? Yeah. Uh, he just did them. In the dragon, uh, just a bit of salt and pepper and a little bit of garlic, uh, about four hours, and they were delicious. And then he even made the vegetables, char grilled veggies for me. So I was a spoiled girl tonight. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I'm, I'm a bit jealous. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> if I knew, I would have saved you some, but sorry, I ate it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, a bit, bit hard to force it through the phone to me too. That's true, but, yeah, I would have posted it down. <laughs> oh, yeah, Okay. There's an idea. Mm, well, we've had uh, cookies and bread delivered by mail, so I'm sure there's a way they could do meat. Yeah, pack it on dry ice. It'll be right. That's right. That's it. Yeah. Now, you wear quite a few hats in the barbecue world. You compete as Bulldogs Barbecue, you trade as a caterer as 4670 Barbecue, and you're the event promoter for the Bundaberg Barbecue Battle. How's all that working out for you? Uh, well, life's busy, uh, but we don't mind that. Never a dull moment in our house. Uh, we love every minute of it. Uh, Bulldogs Barbecue, we're just a little team, but, you know, we do quite well for what we've done in the past. We've got a few trophies that we like to show off. 
catering side is, uh, I like to say, complete madness. Uh, we do two markets a week. Uh, we cook privately through the week for companies around town. Um, and we also probably cook once a fortnight for a private function somewhere in the 4670 area. Now, for the listeners who are not familiar, what is that area? Well, we're like the wide bay, they call us in Queensland. So we think of roughly from about Harvey Bay, just up past us, uh, North Burnett, South Burnett, out to, say, Mundubra, where they grow some awesome cattle, um, and to Bagara and Bundaberg, of course. So we do cover quite a bit of area. Have, have tra- as we like to say, have trailer, will travel. Well, that's all, that's all um, part and parcel of having a trailer-mounted smoker, isn't it? That's exactly right. That's exactly right, Ben, and God bless the general. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a good bit of gear, that one. Thank you. <laughs> now, most people trade and compete under the same name so that their reputation as a competitor will build the reputation of their business. Why do you separate the two? Why do we separate the two? Well, to be frankly honest, no bride would ever want Bulldogs Barbecue Australia to be their caterer. It didn't sound very catery. It sounds awesome for a, a team name uh, because, of course, everyone knows we love our mighty Bulldogs. But, yeah, as a catering name and uh, my background in catering, I knew that wouldn't fly well with the female population. So uh, we hunted high and low. We thought of a few funny names, but uh, we turned it a bit hipster and went to 4670 which is our postcode in case anyone doesn't know. <laughs> ah, pretty clever. So I, I, I take it then that the, uh, that the barbecue team came first? The barbecue team did come first. That was all Paul's idea. Uh, the very first comp he comped in, I didn't actually attend. I didn't think uh, female would be welcome in such a, I don't want to say harsh, blokey environment, but um, I know how blokes can be. So... Um, Paul went along with Cassie and Grant, uh, my cousin and his partner. They had a great time. And then I said, um, I got a bit jealous. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, yeah, as much as I love t- spending the time in Brisbane shopping, I did get jealous that um, they were down the coast competing. So next one came along and, yeah, no stopping me now. I am the parsley queen. <laughs> <laughs> so was that first comp then the, the very first Burley? That was the very first Burley. Uh, yeah, it must have been a long time ago because I remember a certain flaming team were Beers, Boys and Barbecue. Yeah. So that's how long ago it was. Yep. Yep. That sounds about right to me. <laughs> I won't mention any names. No. No, no, no. No. So where did the wild barbecue journey start for you? Uh, well, believe it or not, <clears throat> excuse me, believe it or not, we actually made rubs. Uh, well, we still do, made rubs and um, my famous basil salt. So we used to make rubs, sell it at the markets. Um, we'd cook ourselves with it at home. Uh, back then we'd use a gasser, or God forbid, the crock pot. Um, then magically saw something on, well, we're always barbecuers some way, but never full on with what we do now, of course. And then Paul saw somewhere that he could get the Texas Ranchero, uh, he got that for his birthday and um, boom, our life changed <laughs> from a three ninety nine smoker from Barbecues Galore and who would have ever thought when I nearly cried when I purchased it that our lives would have changed to this. So everything happens for a reason, Ben. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, quite a uh, quite a step up from the uh, from the small smoker <laughs> to the to the general there. Yes, yes, but to, in in all fairness, that did get us fifth in chicken last year at uh, Port Macquarie. So I'll never bag a little bag ba- uh, baby barbecue because it can do the job just as well as a big one. Well, that's true. That's true. Look at um, some of the results that uh, Weber Kettle Club got at Port this year. That was pretty impressive. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I say that to people. It's not really sometimes the pit. It's the person who can master the pit. Yeah, exactly. Um, so before getting into barbecue, uh, you briefly mentioned your, your background before. Can you fill us in a bit more on that and how that's helped you with your barbecue work? Okay, my background is uh, food, hospitality, events. Uh, the joke was when we moved to Bundaberg that um, never wanted to be involved in that form again. I'd had enough of brides. I'd had enough of customers having panties over stuff. Uh, but I obviously have a calling for it, so here I am back doing it again. Uh, I'd say the same that it goes for running uh cafes, uh, working in RSLs, it's all food, it's all customer service, it's just a uh, it's just a product that changes. Yeah, right. So did you ever have anyone like just completely bridezilla out on you? Oh, yeah, oh, we, oh yes, I have had several customers do that, but... Um, I'm pretty good. You, uh, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a graceful swan. You can talk calm on the outside, but underneath, no one will see what's actually going on. And um, yeah, uh, I was taught by my mother to hold, hold myself high and handle myself professionally. That sounds like a very smart lady. Yeah, uh, she is. <laughs> <laughs> now we we mentioned Burley Barbecue Championships there a few minutes ago. I've I've competed next to you at the uh, at at Burley now for three years running. And you, Paul, and your crew are always the nicest people at the comp. So what do you think are the keys to making strong bonds at a comp? Uh, a good sense of humour. Very much so a good sense of humour. Yeah, go with the flow. Yeah, it, in, in the bigger picture, we are cooking food. We're not saving lives. It's, it's a competition. We're there to have fun. Yes, we are getting a bit serious at times, but... Um, we tend to keep it cool, calm and collective. We do like to uh, supply sometimes alcohol to our neighbours or sometimes uh, lots of sugary treats. Uh, I am a bit of a motherer, so I do like to mother the neighbours around me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's a combination of just being, a, being good people and um, enjoying the time we have together with our friends. Yeah, you are always very, very hospitable at the at, at the competitions, and it's always very appreciated by myself and the and the other people around you. And that's why I do it, Ben, because I love it when you all come up and give me hugs. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So, what um, what sort of events do you cover with Four Six Seven O Barbecue? Oh well, we're a bit of the uh, what was the band? Uh, weddings, parties, anything. Uh, <laughs> we've cool. done. Yeah, we've done a few weddings. We've done a few birthdays. Uh, one of the nicest ones we did was GJ's Glass celebrated 120 years in the Bundaberg region of being ownership in the same family. So we got invited into uh, not only feed the workers there, but uh, all their teams and supports and families. So that was really nice. Um, we do markets. We do festivals. Um, yeah, I. You, if we can, if we can fit in there and cook, we will come and cook. 
Right. So what's your, your favourite type of event? Uh, I do love a wedding. do love a wedding. I think that's the girl in me. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not, I do like to get a bit dressed up. Um, so, But I do, we love the markets and the festivals because the good thing about that is the instant reaction to you start seeing their face when they eat your food. And really, that's what it's about for us. That you know, they, they the eyes the eyes roll back in their head, and they're like, ah. and um, with the brisket, they're like, oh, it's so nice. My favourite line to say to them is, "It's like butter, baby." So yeah, the markets and the festivals for the instant reaction, I think, is the best best thing we like to do. Just an idea I had just then. Have you ever had a bride and groom uh, come and stand up in front of you and cut the brisket like they're cutting a cake? You know, they stand there and hold hands oh. together with the knife and cut the brisket. Oh no, we haven't, but. Uh, I might mark that down in my four six seven zero Bible, uh, Ben, as uh, something I might offer. <laughs> oh, 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 trademark, trademark, <laughs> trademark that. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll hashtag Ben's idea. <laughs> <laughs> Done deal. <laughs> so, what's the most popular item on your menu? Um, brisket. We do find that if we don't do brisket uh, at the markets and festivals, they get a bit crazy for us. Um, at uh, breakfast of a morning, it's definitely the brisket beans. Uh, we do laugh at that, that uh, we have a couple of people we know that don't even like baked beans but will come and eat brisket beans because of the brisket. Uh, but at the moment, uh, our customers are going crazy for the pork belly burnt ends. We, um, For example, last Sunday we had 27 serves. They went in 16 minutes. Wow. It was just mad. Yeah, so good we didn't even get to try them. Which is devastating for us. Yeah, I think um, I think it was Pitmaster Mike gave me a couple of pork belly burnt ends up at Brisbane there a few weeks ago, and it just blew me away. Oh, it's 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 marshmallow pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just put it nicely. Nice, nice marshmallow pig. I like it. Now, one of the things I love about um, about your work is that you do a lot with community groups like the Rotary Club. What do you think it is about barbecue that ties it to community so well? Uh, I think. Food and community go well together. Um, you know, when people are eating, people are always happy. When they're sitting down eating, it's a great opportunity to talk about stuff. So barbecue sort of encompasses all that for us. Uh, you know, everyone's happy to walk through the pit yard at our comp or any comp really and smell it, so everyone's instantly happy. But to help the community means a lot, not just to us, but I suppose most people, Um you know, Bundaberg's had it tough with floods and everything. Um, of course, then we weren't barbecuing, but, of, you know, the dream is to um, start, like, barbecue rescue like they do in the States, mm. um, just to show people that, you know, it's not just us standing around talking about barbecue. It's us out there actually showing people, you know, that we're here to help. And, it, and it's food, Ben. Everybody loves barbecue food. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. I, I was um, watching some uh, some barbecue news articles just recently, and I saw that I, I saw something that was really impressive. Even though his restaurant had just burnt down, Aaron Franklin still got himself a trailer and went around Texas helping cook um, I, for the for the I flood victims. That. I saw that, and he also did some um, uh, special event today to help Houston raise more money. I saw also, but yeah, that's that's what it's about. It's you know, barbecue is not just. To, it is food. Uh, barbecue's heart. You've got to have a heart and a passion to make that food taste like it does. It's not just 
the it's the general does do a lot of our work, but I also believe it's Paul's passion and heart that makes it that little bit special. Mm. And give that back. Yeah, you know, and what you put out there, you get back. So that's always a good that's always a good thought too. Well, that's true. That's true. And talking about putting things out there, I, I know that you've struck up some pretty interesting partnerships in your local community. Um, could you tell us some more about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, we, uh, we we cook for the ba- our local bakery. They uh, do our brisket uh, and red wine pies. They do pork, pork and apple, and they do a lamb shank pie now. Um, so that that's a good little uh, – and they cook our bread rolls for us. So it's a nice little bartering system also for us too, which works well. Uh, we cook for uh, Food for Thought Catering. He uh, puts our briskets and uh, – lamb and pork out to them as amazing uh, cordon bleu looking meals, uh, something that, you know, as barbecuers we don't do, but here's a meal painted on the plate with our meat, so it's beautiful to look at. Uh, we offer uh, barbecue meat to the charter boats that go out, not only for trawling but for um, fishing hire. Uh we do last, last stop convenience. So he takes our brisket and he makes them into convenient meal take home packs. So we are we are everywhere, even if we're not there cooking. Yeah, right. Interesting that you've struck up so many um, strategic alliances around town. That's fantastic. Uh, well, it's also better that we we did we took our product around and sort of sussed out people that would like it, um, and said, you know, the first one's free and the next one's going to cost you. That's, yeah, that's basically it. If you like this, we'll let's strike up a friendship and see what we can do for each other. So it, it works out well too because uh, food for fork. Uh, when we do some weddings and we can't do all the stuff, so we do some of our food, but he does some of our fancier looking foods for us. Um, so yeah, if a if a nice uh, trifle or something's called for, uh, it's easy to hand it over to Dion. For me, at this stage now, I just we just concentrate on the meat side. Yeah. Cool. Very nice. Now yeah. <laughs> you you mentioned something before about um, about how you think that what makes four six seven zero barbecue unique is Paul's passion. What's the division of labour like in in your husband and wife team? Uh, well, in his words, I'm the face that runs the place. He's the jerk that does all the work. Um, <laughs> so, so, look, he does do a lot of the work. I he look when he when people see us on our page and it's checking in at three o'clock in the morning. It's him checking in by himself. I'm still curled up under the covers with the cats. Uh, I'll I'll lob in about seven o'clock in the morning and do the bits I need to do, set up, make it all look good. But it's him doing the hard yards of staying awake for so long, and especially over the weekend, he does it. Uh, he works out forty hours. We worked out about forty hours uh, time cooking over the weekend for the three events that we do each weekend with our cooks. So um, yeah. It's it's pretty much he's a heavy labour. I'm the foo foo social media girl. Mm, yeah. Now you you just mentioned three cooks in a weekend. Now that's just for the listeners out there. That's like you haven't franchised. You haven't got multiple trailers. That's that's you and Paul one trailer, three separate Meanwhile, events over, over one weekend. Well, well, to be honest, two of the events there's a breakfast event and a dinner event that is in the same spot, but we do change the menu over from breakfast obviously to night time so it's sort of a full uh he cooks we cook friday for a river feast in Bundaberg. it's on the beautiful burnett river um we cook there for a friday night 
uh, Friday afternoon, Friday night session. We then trail the other end of Bundaberg to go to Lana's Market. Uh, we drop off the general. Uh, he comes home for about an hour and a half just to have a shower, freshen up, have a cup of coffee, um, and then he's off again to start cooking for the breakfast session. Then, yep, once that sort of is off and I can come in and deal with breakfast, he'll then put on again for the night time. Wow, he's a, he's a much stronger man than me. Yeah, uh, but let me tell you, uh, Sunday, if we're not doing anything Sunday, Sunday is a day that I don't poke the lion whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet. Just just uh, just uh, fetch some chips and beer and leave him to it. That's exactly right, and it's even better if sports on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Now, you're based in regional Queensland, so how have you seen the barbecue scene develop in regional Queensland, and where do you think it's going to go in the future? Uh, well, it's grown quite a bit, like um, not just in our little region, like even north to uh, Bun- uh, north of Bundy to Rocky, Gladstone, there's teams up there, even all the way up the coast there's teams and people doing it. So I think regional Queensland's doing pretty well, we're representing uh, and the beauty of us too, Ben, is that we have some of the best cattle in Australia grown right near us. We have the Drought Masters, uh, which, uh, and we have Brahmins that will give you the best hump <laughs> you'll ever get. Um, Nicely done. So I like I think, that. Yeah. <laughs> hump it like it's hot. That's my other favourite one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're, and regional Queensland, we're proud. We're proud Queenslanders that, you know, we use regional product. I know a lot of the other teams like their... Um, I won't mention names, but, you know, there's certain briskets that people will only buy, but we're pretty dominant that we will only buy our local briskets in our, to support our region. And I think all our regional teams do that, stay local and true to their own region. Yeah, and well, I, I, and I, I'm sorry, I, was gonna, I honestly think we're even developing our own regional taste. Like, the biggest hint I can give you is if you ever go to the Rocky Comp, they want to taste beef, 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 beef. Yeah, well, I've, I've heard your, your area described as being the food bowl of Australia. So, I mean, you've really got sort of everything at your fingertips in your in your region there. So you, you're in quite a unique position to be able to to develop a really fantastic uh, regional flavour profile. So what? how would you describe that, that regional flavour profile at the moment? Well, Bundy, with all the sugar cane, we are a bit sweet. They do like it a bit sweet in Bundaberg. We notice, uh, especially with the burnt pork ends, um, they do because, you know, the butter and the honey that goes on it. Um, yeah, the food bowl, yeah, but, you know, in saying that, we also like it a bit hot. Like three minutes down the road from us, we have Oz Chili, the Australia's biggest supplier of chilies. Um, so it's a, it's a bit of a mixture, uh, but I think slowly, I think sweet's going to win out in the end because, I suppose we push the sweet because we like it a bit sweet too. Uh, but, you know, the food bowl, if if you ever come up to the comp and you drive in, you'll see that, you know, there's sugar cane, macadamia, mango, tomatoes, uh, sweet potatoes. You name it, I think it practically grows probably 100 kilometres of my house. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Do you use much mango in your, in your barbecue? Uh, if I don't eat it. Uh, uh, we do. Mango mango and chicken is always a winner, uh, especially through summer. And if you can get mango, chicken and prawn, I think you've got on to a summer winner there for any, like not even a catering menu, just a home menu. Um, 
always use the flavours of the season, we, I say. So mango, we use mango a lot. Uh, we've been using a lot of uh, the chilies at the moment because uh, they're just bringing some new ones into season. So we've got a few chilies from Oz Chili. Uh, but, yeah, if you can find it locally, give it a go. Like, try it at home first. If it doesn't taste that good, never cook it again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and never tell anybody. That's right. That's right. Never, never own up to any mistake. <laughs> this is David Ong, and you're listening to Smoking Hot Confession. Support for this episode comes from Harvey's Kitchen. Harnessing over 25 years' experience in commercial kitchens and catering, Harvey's has a burning passion for food, and they make amazing barbecue flavor easy to achieve for all levels of barbecue. Their entire product range is handcrafted locally in Brisbane from quality ingredients, and they've gone out of their way to make their products easy to use with simple features like resealable bags. I've played around with their butcher's box and have found their preservative, gluten, and dairy-free rubs and sauces to be top-notch stuff. The butcher's box has nine rubs and six sauces in it. I love the ginger citrus salt on chicken wings and the hop and habanero hot sauce on everything. Right now, Harvey's is offering Smoking Hot Confessions listeners an exclusive 20% discount. Yes, 20%. All you need to do is head on over to harveyskitchen.com.au and use the code word CONFESSIONS to get your hands on some today. Once again, head over to harveyskitchen.com.au and use the code word CONFESSIONS at checkout for 20% off your order. Okie dokie, Bronnie. Thanks for coming back for segment two. It would have been a pretty uh, uncomfortably short uh, episode if you hadn't come back. <laughs> sitting there by yourself. Yeah, just sitting here, just talk to myself for another hour. Um, so what I've uh, brought you into the confessional today to talk about is your work as a promoter as, uh, at mm. the Bundaberg Barbecue Battle. So for this segment, we're going to sort of focus more on that uh, angle of what you do. So the Bundaberg Barbecue Battle itself has a reputation uh, for being – um, one of the most relaxed, friendliest, most fun competitions on the circuit. And you yourself have actually described the event as summer camp for grown-ups who like to barbecue. Um, yes. <laughs> what is it about the barbecue battle, the, the Bundy barbecue battle, that makes it so unique? Me, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> me, it's me. Um, oh, I and, think it's a little bit to do with me. Um, I think it has to do with, like, the relaxed atmosphere we create, like um, – I don't know if people know, but you can camp uh, free with us for like nearly a week um, so you can enjoy the beauty of Bundaberg. Uh, we have nice little surprise touches that if you've been, you know, and if you haven't, well, you have to come to find out. Uh, I just try to make it a really easy weekend for people. I know I appreciate that uh, everyone travels far except us uh, to come to us, so it's it's not like people are just travelling down the end of their street. They do travel, well, uh, boy, travel from Western Australia. So I was grateful for him. Um, so I appreciate that. And I showed a, tried to show them the, uh, my appreciation and travelling to come and spend a weekend with us and leaving their families at home. But you can bring your family if you need, if you want to. I'm not saying that, but some people, some of them like to leave the kids at home. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I, I, I cannot leave my kid at home. If I go to a barbecue competition without him, I'm in trouble. Well, believe it or not, Aaron would probably have a great time up at the Bundaberg one because we're attached to what they call agro trend, which is a huge farming 
uh, real rural expo couple of days. We have everything from the biggest tractors to llamas to dogs to, yeah. So Evan would probably have a ball. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't actually be able to compete. I'd just be running around trying to find my son the whole time. That's it. Well, I'll arrange babysitting. <laughs> oh, done. Done. <laughs> I'm in for sure. So um, when putting on an event, what do promoters need to consider? Uh, well, you know, as I say in the property world, location, 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 I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, Burley has a beautiful location. Port Mac has a beautiful location. I think we have quite a nice location. No pretty uh, sea views or anything, but uh, it's a nice flat ground, lots of space. I do offer space, Ben. I do have nice big sites. I'm not saying anything else. Um, uh, I think it's just uh, also making the teams feel at home, you know, making sure that they're relaxed enough to cook because we all know a stressed cook is never going to be a fun cook for anyone and you know one team being cranky can ruin a cook for a few people so let's you know I try to make sure that it's a relaxed atmosphere and um, I accommodate as much as I can for what pe- what the teams ask like if you want to be next to someone sure that can happen um, I try to accommodate so I think yeah that location uh uh, accommodating to teams and just you know putting your own little spin on it helps. Yeah, speaking of which, how do you come up with a good spin, a good theme? So, for example, there's you know the uh, there's the meat stock Woodstock connection, and you mentioned mm-hmm. Burley. Burley has a beach theme with the seafood category and a surfboard as a GC trophy. How can promoters come up with a good theme? Well, uh, have a look around. Uh, we were pretty lucky. We looked around and saw sugarcane and. Uh, what else do you think about when you think about Bundaberg? Well, uh, that three-letter word rum comes up to mind. So uh, we were lucky that way, and we involved the sugar cane onto the trophies even. Uh, but it's it's something um, – look for something that you're even passionate about if you want to bring it out in you. Uh, I think having the love of something or the uh, drive to promote something helps. So, yeah, uh, look for something that drives you to help promote it along. Right, so find a personal connection to individualise the competition is what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, so we, you know, uh, when we all think of Burley, like you said, we think of the surfboard. Uh, so, you know, make it something that people will think of. Yeah, I love it. So getting into the uh, little bit uh, nitty-gritty of it, what insurance or legal obligations are there for promoters? Well, I, I have to admit, Ben, I am very lucky being attached to AgroTrend, and that's probably another thing I'd suggest to promoters is if you can attach yourself to another uh, event, it helps even the loadout. Uh, uh, Rotary run AgroTrend, so we're, it's our Rotary that run it that we're attached to, So um, and we're on the AgroTrend committee, so we're three phases into it. So, But uh, I know that uh, Angelie, who is, uh, does all our sort of, Legally, stuff has to deal with uh, third-party public liability, lots of council regulations, um, and, of course, they're all different in every area on what people can do, can't do. Um, there's also uh, public liability. There's all, yeah, I, I, I am so lucky I don't have to deal with this. So, yeah, my knowledge on it, I do apologise, is not that great. That's right, though. That's still a hot tip to uh, for, for, for people who are looking to... To start an event to uh, to find another event to buddy up with. That's um, yeah. I think that's, that, uh, that, uh, 
a few people do ask us at comps, you know, oh, what can we do? And I, Paul and I both say, if you can not to use the word piggyback because you want to be your own purse, your own event in your own right. Um, and I believe, too, if you can latch onto another event, like at Agro Turnbull, the farmers come in and see, come down and go, oh, what's this barbecue about? They'll come across and look at the barbecue. And then the barbecuers go, well, what's this over here? So you're actually cross-promoting and getting people into each area that probably would never even enter that realm. Ah, yeah, right. So try and come up with a strategic alliance almost. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, you, rub, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back, and we'll meet in the middle. Ah, fantastic. Now, <laughs> can you explain a little bit how liquor licensing works and how it affects competitors? Oh, and, oh Ben, this is, I think this is the uh, Bane Marie of um, all uh, promoters. It is a tough one. Um, I can only go by our, so I'll use Bundy as the example. We do have a licensed area. Uh, the teams are told, and we do enforce it, that through the day they can drink only and buy from the bar. Now, we stipulate that a lot because, of course, all our proceeds that we make through the bar and even through the battle uh, go back to Rotary. So, you know, you're not just lining someone's pocket. You're actually helping someone somewhere else down the line. So that's a good way to put it to them, and they appreciate that. Overnight, after 6 o'clock, um, I don't want to use the word free-for-all, uh, but I'm a little bit more lenient. Um, I'll let them drink in the pit area. They can walk in the pit area uh, as long as they don't leave the pit area. They're, I have security, which is fantastic for us, uh, and the boys are told, uh, nicely at first by security that if you go up to the other areas, uh, we'll be bringing you back. Uh, so the, the, it's it's hard. It's it is a minefield because legally, I know that they shouldn't be drinking there because I do have a licensed area. But I also want to keep my I don't want to say boys because I know there's girls there, but I always use the word boys. Uh, I, I like to keep the barbecuers happy. It is part of the barbecue scene. Um, I know I'm the nanny that walks the pit yard with the cup of tea, but I enjoy a drink. Uh, uh, Apparently, I did at uh, Port Macquarie. Um, (laughs) So, so, um, yeah, it's hard. I think it's up to your own, the own promoter to, you've got to know the law to be able to smooth the law over, shall I say, is a nice way to put it. Yes, of course. Without getting yeah, anyone yeah. in trouble. <laughs> so if your if your licensed area is closed, though, yep. Then does that uh, mean that they can drink in their own sites, or I let I allow them that I and if if God forbid liquor license ever came through, it'd actually be me that had copped the fine because I've allowed it. So there would be a fine even though the licensed area is closed for the night. Oh yeah, because that means there's no more alcohol to be served. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But once again, that could be something different in New South Wales or Victoria. I'm not too sure. I can't speak on uh, the other promoters, but yeah. But um, human decencies, you know, keep it, you know, the, they're pretty good. They understand what's going on. And yeah, and they know that, I think a lot of them know too, Ben, that, you know, if you spoil it, everyone's going to ruin It's going to be ruined for everyone. So, yeah, we keep it nice. 
Yeah, and you you don't want to be that team that um, that uh, you know gets to, gets a bit too loose, gets out of control, and then none of the teams are allowed to drink at, at at events anymore. You don't want to be those guys. That's right. That's right. You don't want to be known as the team that ruined it for everybody. So, I I do when the bars open, I stipulate that. But let's just say when the bars close, if they're drinking coffee or even a bottle of uh, ginger beer from Bundaberg, I'm not going to say anything. Fair enough. Now, sort of extending from that a little bit, um, how do you politically navigate the relationship between sponsors and vendors? So, for example, working out who gets what site and all that sort of stuff. Well, once again, I can only speak from ours, and we really only have one true vendor with us. Uh, we, uh, Paul and I, cook uh, just before AgroTrend. We cooked uh, pork and beef for riding for the disabled to sell as barbecue burgers. So uh, I place them in the middle, and then I build our uh, sponsors around them. I um, I speak to the sponsors. I ask them, you know, how much room do you need? And once again, we have the luxury of space, Ben. Like uh, we're on like showgrounds, so we do have the luxury of space. Uh, if, uh, like this year, Bundaberg uh, Barbecues Galore needed the end space, so I made sure they had the nice end space. Yaguna Pits needed a nice area to display all their pits. And then we just I just worked around with the smaller one. Um, if someone has a special request, I will bend over backwards to make it happen. If I can't, I'll do my darnest to make sure it's as close as possible that that's what they need. Yeah, right. Now, did you just say that at the competition where you are the promoter and you've done all the planning, you've done all the work, you've done all this stuff, you will even go as far as cooking for riding for this for the disabled so they can sell burgers to raise money for their organisation at the event? Yeah, um, because we believe uh, people want to, if they see the barbecue cooking, they want to eat it. And we all know that none of us can sell or give away food, wink, wink, at a barbecue event. So uh, we we actually pushed it, Paul and I pushed it to get something there so people could eat it because we knew if people come and couldn't eat barbecue, we wouldn't have an event. So, um, yep, the lovely writing for the disabled uh, people come in and work their butts off and they, um, they, they sell the two days at the event and then they close up and then they move over to the rodeo to sell what's left over at the rodeo that we held on a Saturday night after the event. Wow. i got to say, I really love all the, the, the just honest community connections that you've worked into your business. I, that's just something that I just think is really fantastic. I think, I've said it before, what you put out there, you get back. Um, ben, we pinch ourselves every day that like 12, 18 months ago, Paul lost his job. We were devastated. The night, the day that he actually lost his job, we went to the first meeting about the Bundaberg barbecue and, wow, can I just say, baby, have a look at us now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, moving on a little bit, can you explain the relationship between a promoter and the Australasian Barbecue Alliance? Um. Sure, the ABA do a lot. They, I, they answer the most ridiculous questions I think that I can ever ask people. Um, I get a bit. Uh, the OCD kicks in, and I probably ask them the same question three or four times just to reiterate in my mind that it's happened. Uh, look, they supply everything. They supply the best head judges, 
uh, I could possibly ask for. I've dealt with Rachel and Darren, um, Darren for two years in a row. Uh, they offer advice. They calm me down, more importantly, because I must look like a headless chook some mornings when they turn up. Um, they supply all the judging tools. They supply the judging course. Now, I couldn't do any of that myself. I wouldn't even... Well, the first comp, I do now, but the first comp, I wouldn't even know where to go and buy foam 9 by 9 boxes. You know, I would have went down to the local takeaway shop and said, oh, excuse me, can I have these foam boxes for a barbecue? Like, they would have looked at me as like I was a weirdo. Um, they supply, yeah, they're, they're an awesome organisation. They work hard. They also have uh, jobs and other things to do, but uh, they seem to drop everything and help be out and I'm sure the other promoters out as needed um, so I can't say anything high, more highly than um, thank you ABA that yeah. helped me when I had problems and when I didn't have problems. Yeah that's fantastic so I guess what I'm asking is like what's the division of responsibility like? I, I, I believe that um, they, they do take full responsibility like I am the promoter but if anything happens that's unforeseen, like um, some judging. I don't have anything to do with um, if someone, say, has oversourced. They deal with that. I don't have to go and deal and take if someone's been disqualified for a protein. I, as a promoter, don't have to deal with that. They deal with that. So that is a big responsibility for them to handle because I, I would hate to be the person that goes and tells someone, I'm sorry, but you've been disqualified because, you know, had an infringement in your box, that must be a horrible thing to have to deliver and to hear. Um, they take res- they do take a lot of responsibility. Like um, I'm there to make sure it runs smoothly, but they're actually the ones making sure the wheel- wheels work. If it wasn't for them, none of the wheels would work. I don't think um, I myself wouldn't have the knowledge how to actually – I could do what I do, but when it came to the judging, Ben, I would have zero clue on what to do for that. Mm. So I, I guess it's fair to say from what you've just described then that they administer the competition, but you run the event. Is that is that, that a fair? That, that, that's a fair. That's a fair comment. Yep, yep. They do all the hard. Yeah, they do all the. But they do all the hard paperwork. I get the fun of running around and being the face that runs the place. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to have to steal that expression. That's uh, that's that, getting, that's pretty I'm cool. I'm getting that on a t-shirt next year. That's going to be the back of my t-shirt next year. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of the ABA, there are certain categories for promoters to choose from. How do you choose what categories you're going to put into a competition? I'm very selfish, Ben. I choose the ones that I want to try. Um, the first year we had a chef's choice. Look, everyone doesn't like chef's choice and I – I'm not a big fan of the chef's choice. Uh, so we stuck to the proteins this year. Um, believe it or not, even though uh, everything is judged, I do get to nibble on some of those blind boxes that come out, and some of them are really amazing. And if I knew who it was, I'd be asking them their secrets. Uh, so I think it's a barbecue comp, so, you know, it's a kiss, kiss uh, ecology, to, uh, what's the word, the equation to me. Keep it simple, stupid. Uh, let's cook meat. Although, in saying that, I did say we did discuss having a sneaky vegetarian option for next year. That's something my wife's trying to get me to do. Actually, is to uh, start developing some vegetarian barbecue recipes. 
Well, you do. We've had to we deal with that a lot in the catering side. Uh, our, we have a big one down at uh, Badara Surf Lifesavers, and we've got vegetarians and vegans. So, yeah, but we'll deal with it. Yeah, I'd, I reckon that'd be really interesting. Oh well, we're doing the. We'll probably do the standard stuff: capsicum, stuff pumpkin, and stuff uh, like um, poblano poppers or something like that. Just yeah. It, it, is, it can be limiting, uh, but we try to make it bright and colourful because everyone eats with their eyes. <laughs> they do. They absolutely do. And uh, your area, the food bowl of Australia, is a very colourful place. It is. So it is easy for us, but, uh, yeah, I'm glad we don't have to deal with that on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> so just to hark back to something you said before, you said that um, – that the chef's choice category, the first time around that you did Bundy Barbecue Battle, it didn't go down real well. Can you just explain why? I, personally, I think it sounds um, like a great idea. Well, the rule was you had to use a certain rum. Um, and I think some people, yeah, just – I got bad feedback. Um, people weren't happy with results. Uh, and it happens. People think they can do do better than they should. So, look to ease the pain um, and the burden on myself. I just thought, drop it. It's yeah. It was some, yeah, and it's hard. It's a chef's choice. So, some do sweet, some do savoury. It is hard to judge uh, the difference between the both. It's not, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. <laughs> So yeah, let's let's just leave it out the equation and make everyone life easier with straight proteins. Okay, all right, I'll uh, I'll, I'll leave that where it is and I'll move on then. <laughs> so um, so what are the, some of the pros and cons of being a promoter? Pros and cons. I thought. Oh, see oh, okay. Um, pros. I I get to do what I like. I do love getting out there talking to people and promoting barbecue and telling them all about, you know, people's, not only our journey, but other people's journeys. Um, you get to meet so many people, so many different people. There's probably people in the barbecue world that I would have never ever met or even associated with. Um, and I don't mean that in a nasty way. You just, your lives just would have never crossed unless it was about barbecue. Cons, uh, uh, that's a hard one, Ben, because I don't really see any cons. I enjoy what I do. Uh, the biggest cons when for me the big is when people aren't happy. That that really upsets me. That's my yeah. Mm. But um, yeah, that's that's a hard one. Pros and cons. Like, mm, I'm not really a pros and cons girl. I probably think of it more as um, it's a great. It's a great way for me to bring barbecue to the world. Uh, that's probably my biggest pro and con. Yeah, you can meet <laughs> <shitty> people. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just leave it at that one. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we we talked about bridezillas before. Have you ever had a barbecue zilla experience? Um, we have. Uh, we've you know, there's been. Panties uh, at comps, and uh, let's say I, we, we even we've melted down at times when you know we thought something was turned out. We thought you know something's going to be absolutely wonderful, and 
to the shock and horror, it's just gone to absolutely rack and ruin. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's high pressure, like, uh, especially for comps. Like, people put a lot, you know, put their body, their heart, their soul, you know, their time, their, you know, their travelling into it. Um, so I can see, yeah, there have been a few barbecue zillas and, yeah, I'll stick probably my hand up for one of them at one time. <laughs> well, that's that's very honest. <laughs> so, for for potential promoters out there who are thinking about putting on um, an event of their own, uh, what are some unseen issues that they need to be aware of? Um, I'd say, uh, oh, unseen issues. Uh, things pop up unexpectedly all the time, and it's probably things that. Um, yeah, where you probably think it's going to be something really major. I found it's always been really funny little things. Um, like sponsors say they're going to turn up at certain times and they don't. And um, I've, you know, me being a bit OCD, I'm like, oh my God, you said you were going to be here and you're not. Um, so it's funny little, I'd say just, look, it, it's little, it's not things that can, well, for me, it's not things that can break me. It's things that might throw me to the left. But it could be something, you know, I don't know, Ben, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> it was just um, what are some unseen issues that potential promoters need to be aware of? Oh, okay. All right. Um, just little things, uh, you know, it could be something to do with like maybe the insurances, just double-check just double check things. Um, I haven't had any major ones. Um, but just make sure. I like to say, you know, under undersell, over deliver. It's hard, Ben. That one's hard for me because I haven't had any, apart from the big issue. But you know, we all everyone knows about that one. So overall, then, how would you rate being a promoter? Um, we're probably harsh on ourselves, um, and we set a high standard. So it's oh, scoring myself. Uh, let's. I'd say a B plus. I'd say B plus. Uh, always room for improvement for us. Um, I do like to think that you know um, I'm nearly there, but I also think too that nothing can be perfect. There's no perfection in anything. So if I can maintain um, the level of the comp now and even grow it, I'll be happy. As long as we don't go backwards, um, I'll score myself a B plus and move on from there. You're listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with barbecue pitmaster Ben Arnott. Big thanks go out to Jagged Woodfired for helping me bring you this episode. Buying a smoker can be confusing. Something for low and slow, something for roasting, a pizza oven. What about baking? The Jagged Woodfired smoker does all of these things. The question is how? First, the entire smoker is fully insulated. The firebox is insulated with kiln-grade bricks and there are more on the cooking chamber floor, doubling as a pizza stone. The cooking chamber is then insulated with a 6cm or 2.5 inch insulation blanket. This means that the Jagged can get up to 600 degrees Fahrenheit in under 30 minutes, sit at low and slow temperatures using very little fuel, and will even sit well under 200 Fahrenheit for cold smoking. Jagged wants to make sure you have a very happy new year, and so until the end of December 2017, they're offering an exclusive discount for you Smoking Hot Confessions podcast listeners. 
Use the code word CONFESSIONS at checkout if buying online or quote it when dealing with them direct for 15% off your purchase price. Head on over to jaggedoutdoorovens.com, spelled J-A-G-R-D, to learn more. Bronnie, it's now segment three, and so we're going to delve into our listener questions here. And we've got a whole bunch here of people that have been super stoked that you're coming on the show, and they've rung up with tons of questions that they want to put to you. So we're going to jump right in, and we're going to get started. How's that sound? Sounds good. Let's go. All right. Here comes the first question. Hi, this is Jared from Nara. Bronnie, my question is, with your first event, did you have nerves of nobody showing or it not being a success? And if so, what did you do to pass the time and not think about it? Hi, Jared. Uh, I certainly did. I had, I had visions of Bulldogs Australia being the only team there. Uh, so uh, I did have a couple of sleepless nights, uh, but as the barbecue world knows, to pass the time I crocheted. Uh, I pumped out a few blankets last year with nerves, but yeah, um, it, I wasn't going to let it defeat me. Yeah, fair enough. Do you do you crochet like box warmers? Uh, I, I crochet beards this year. Um, I, <laughs> I could if I needed to, but no, I concentrate on something um, easy, Ben, without a pattern, just straight blankets. <laughs> Did you say that you crocheted beards? Yes, didn't you see the beards? No. Oh, Ben. Oh, yes, I did myself a uh, ginger beard. Funny that. I did the Shank girls. They all got a little pink beard. Uh, Nick and Heidi's uh, little girl Lucy got a beard. Andy Moss's little girl got a beard. Uh, Rachel Davis's little boy got a beard. And uh, David Ong's little boy got a beard. So, uh, Ben, I will crochet Evan a beard. <laughs> I'll have to go back and look at the photos. I I can't believe I missed that. Oh, I can't, yeah. <laughs> they're, some, yeah. It's, they're different, let's put it that way. Cool. <laughs> All right, next question. G'day, Ben. It's Rowan, Tasmania, Rowan's Way Barbecue Team. Just a quick question for Bronnie. I was just wondering what she finds is the main draw card for teams signing up to competitions up in Queensland. Is it prize money? Is it the lure of the ABA leaderboard? Or is it simply just a convenience that it's local? Cheers. Hi, Ronan. Um, I believe it's all three. We all want to be on the leaderboard. We all want to be a cash. And um, the locations, yeah, most of uh, Queensland's uh, pretty much uh, a nice drive. Uh, even up to Cairns, if you have to road trip it, you couldn't ask for a better road trip. So, yeah, maybe locations, but definitely all three. And um, probably even... I'd say the lure of some beautiful weather. Stop calling Queensland. <laughs> no, we are we are blessed with some uh, ridiculously good weather at the competitions up here. We are. Hi, Bronnie. It's Dion from Gloucester Mid North Coast. Uh, my question is: What was the biggest lesson you learnt, or best lesson you learnt, from organising slash promoting your event? Thanks. Hi, Dion. Um, the one thing I have learnt to do is breathe, um, stop and breathe. Um, and I've also learnt mistakes happen. Uh, and I've also learnt that you can't please everyone, so don't tear yourself up inside to make sure that happens. And enjoy, and most of all, enjoy your own comp. Very good uh, good advice there. 
Hi, Ben. This is Julian from the Barbecue India Roadshow um, of the Brisbane. Um, hi, Bonnie. Um, so you've obviously dived into barbecue full on, uh, right from competing to having running a very successful barbecue business to being a barbecue uh, comp, uh, an event promoter. Um, which do you like the best and uh, and why? And uh, how do you find the time? Um, yeah. Thanks. Bye. Um, hi, Julian. Uh, I love all three. Uh, I love doing the comps because of the mateship and seeing friends and catching up on people's lives and also the cooking. I love the promoting because I do get to promote something that I love. I get to promote our area and I get to see the people that I enjoy spending time with. Catering, it's definitely seeing people's faces when they eat the food. That's what it's about. It's about people telling us, you know, oh, it's delicious. It's, you know, we enjoy that. Um, we often say to each other, we're not here to make millions. We're just here to be happy. So, uh all those three things make me happy. Uh, find the time. We are really lucky. We're empty nesters. Uh, our daughter lives in Brisbane and goes to uni, so we don't have to make. Well, I'm saying I'm not saying make. Uh, we don't have that responsibility of child time, if that's the way to put it. Uh, it's just Paul and I now, um, and we work well well as a team. Whether it be barbecue a night of trivia or just even on the tennis court. Paul and I make a pretty awesome team and we make it work. Interesting. Paul and Bronnie on the tennis court. That sounds... <laughs> no, no, don't think it's Wimbledon. It's not. It's uh, backyard brawling. <laughs> <laughs> so there's more throwing the rackets at each other than there is... Uh... Uh, yeah, more of flogging the ball at each other than really hitting it over the net. But that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Hi, this is Will from Singleton. I'd like to ask Bonnie, what's the hardest thing about putting together a competition? Thanks. Hi, Will. Uh, the hardest for me uh, was uh, probably my bit of uh, lack of, uh, lack of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I didn't trust myself that I could do it. Um, I really had a bit of anxiety over that, you know, I've, yeah, it's barbecue. What do I know? Um, so that was my biggest problem. But once I got sort of once one once one person said yes, it sort of all steamrolled. Uh, we look at it this way: each year it gets bigger and better. Last year we had two major sponsors. This year we're up to nine. So the hardest part's taking that first step. Very cool. Hi, Bronnie. It's Jansen from Sydney. My question is. Uh, how do you go about managing um, comp teams' um, competition environment, i.e. letting them have fun, but also from the outside of things, not having uh, to be the fun police? Thank you. Hi, Jensen. Um, I think uh, 99.99% of the teams are responsible. Um, they're there to have a good time, not ruin it for themselves and others. When I do have to step in, I believe that I am professional. Um, I state my case clearly and precise and to the point. Um, and if they don't like it, well, I'm then professionally and precise and to the point and ask them to leave. There we go. That's it. I'm not the fun police, but I do know where to draw the line. Yeah, I think I think that's the key is uh, is drawing the line and sticking to it.
that's it. That's it. You know, that's exactly right, Ben. Like it can't be uh, one of our one of my grandma's favourite saying was you can't make prawn or one and fish or the other. So in my mind, you're all prawns. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. G'day, Bonnie. It's Mike from Brisbane here. Um, I was just wondering, as a competition promoter and a successful barbecue competitor in in your own right, how do you balance what barbecue teams are looking for in a great competition with what event sponsors, punters, and other major stakeholders want out of the competition? Thanks. Um. Hi, Mike. I believe they all sort of want the same. We all want to. They all want to be recognised for what they do. Um, same as the sponsors, they want to be recognised for what they're bringing into the battle. Uh, I run the comp as if I would like the comp, as if a comp I'd like to attend to be run. Um, I, I I take the sponsors around and introduce them to them because. As I say to the teams, without the sponsors, there's no comp. And I do say to the sponsors, without the teams, there's no comp either. So it's a, it's a meeting of, a, of great minds in the middle, I believe. So it's all about compromise. That's exactly right, Ben. <laughs> You've got to give a little, take a little, and hope that it all works out in the end. This is Adam from the ABA, and you're listening to Smoking Hot Confessions. Okay, Dokes, Bronnie, before I let you go, as we have reached the end of the episode, what would be your three top pieces of advice for people who are looking to put on an event? Okay. Uh, have a Bible, as I call it. Have a notepad with you at all times that if you see something, hear something. It, if it could work in the future for you, write it down, because otherwise you will forget it. So hold on to that Bible. My second piece of advice would be Go with it. Don't. You might have doubts, but as I said before, it'll take that first step. You'll never. You, you won't know where you could end up, Ben. Um, as I said at the beginning of this, um, who would have thought after one uh, doing the comp in that eighteen months we'd be here? Uh, my third bit of advice is breathe and enjoy your own comp. Yeah, there is um, quite a bit of. Uh danger of like getting caught up in in your own event you don't actually get time to to actually enjoy it my wife and i talk about that when we throw parties here at the house we end up um we ended up uh we always end up working the party instead of actually being able to relax and enjoy it that's exactly right and like uh that's why probably a week before the comp i'm probably working um, I'm out at the area making sure stuff's done because I want to, when the teams arrive, I want to be there to greet them. I want to, you know, give out the hugs. I want to, you know, be the one to welcome them to um, Thunderbird. And that's that personal touch that we were talking about before about making the, the personal connection to your event that's so important. It is. It is. I think, um, you know, everyone wants to feel just that little bit important. I think that. That is important to make the teams and everyone that comes to our comp, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a special thing for them to have travel to us. And I, I do believe that. I am grateful. So, yeah, I want them to feel the barbecue love. Well, that is beautiful advice, Bronnie, and a, and a really beautiful uh, uh, concept there. So, okay, I'm going to throw the studio over to you now. The studio is all yours. It's time for you to give out whatever shout-outs you want um, and to tell us 
uh, how the listeners can track you down on the internet. All right. Well, first of all, Ben, I'd like to give out a shout-out to the two best men in my life, my husband, Paul, and, of course, the general. They're the two men in my life that do all the hard work. Uh, they're the ones that let me muck about and do what I do. Um, of course, uh, Barrett's Butchery, the best butcher in the 4670 area. Couldn't do without Des and the team. Barbecues galore. Um, and, of course, the Waterview, Matthew from Waterview, who um, helps with a lot of uh, product and advice for us as well and is our major sponsor at the comp. So there, big shout-out to those guys. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I don't know if I'm uh, greedy or insane, but we've got – I run three accounts and these are all on all, on all of them. So it's uh, at the at Bundaberg Barbecue Battle uh, for Facebook and all them. Then it's uh, 4670 Barbecue and then it's Bulldogs. Barbecue Australia on all social medias. And I do apologise. I do apologise in advance if I ever put a cat photo up because I think I'm on a, my personal account. <laughs> oh, I think we've all done that. <laughs> Look, Bronnie, I just have to say thanks so much for being a part of the podcast. You've, um, you've really opened my eyes as to what's involved behind the scenes for promoters uh, of, of events, which as a competitor, you're just never aware of. I, um, I have no doubt that all the listeners have a newfound respect for promoters and the work they put in um, so the comps can go ahead. So it's, it is it is one of my goals for 2018 to get up to Bundy for the Bundy Barbecue Battle. So I look forward to seeing you in person again. Um, then if we don't meet up before, I just want to say one more time, just thank you so much for spending this time with me. Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure and I look forward to giving you a big hug soon. <laughs> well, family, how good was that? I've been to more barbecue comps than I can count, and I've always wanted to know what went into putting them on. Bronnie certainly showed us all how it works, how she makes Bundy the friendliest comp on the circuit, and what to watch out for if you're going into this yourself. To follow Bronnie and keep up with her adventures and her random cat photos, you can catch her on Facebook and Instagram at 4670BBQ, and you can also follow the Bundaberg Barbecue Battle on Facebook and Instagram at Bundaberg BBQ Battle. Coming up next Thursday, I have a very special treat for you for episode six. You've seen his work at all of the meat stock competitions in 2017, and when I say work, I mean artwork. Aiden from Cutthroat Knives drops into the confessional, and we get right into knife making, specifically barbecue knives, brisket knives, boning knives, and many, many more. Aiden walks me step by step through the painstaking and sometimes heartbreaking process he goes through to create his custom-designed, handmade knives. Big thanks and much gratitude go out to this episode's sponsors, Ministry of Smoke, Harvey's Kitchen, and Jagged Wood-Fired Smoker Ovens. Their support makes this project possible. I've put their links in the episode description, so please click on through to their sites to claim those awesome offers for you loyal Smoking Hot Confessions listeners. If you have a message that you'd like included in this podcast to get out to a barbecue-mad audience, send me an email directly at ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. Shoutouts also have to go to those who called in and left questions for Bronny. Jared, Rowan, Dion, Julian, Wald, Jansen and Mike. That's a record number of calls. I really dig that you guys are spending the time to get in on this and uh, Bronny was really into it too. If you'd like more, I have published a free ebook that is just for you. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com slash ebooks to get your copy now. I've put a link in the description. 
Also, head on over to Facebook and join the Smoking Hot Confessions community, and let's continue the conversation. It's a group dedicated to teaching, learning, and sharing all about barbecue, and all the BS is left at the door. Everybody has a place in the Smoking Hot Confessions community. Finally, however you listen to this episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a review. This way, the episodes will be delivered to more people's devices by international students working for Uberpods. Until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions. <laughs> <laughs>